Hello, everyone, and good afternoon, good evening, all around the world. Some good developments have happened. We'd like to first congratulate DJ Disciple, who came on a few weeks ago with his book. I saw nothing but great reviews on his public library question and answer. It was a packed house. A lot of people came out, and he gave his life story along with his partner and Herb Martin as well, I think, was doing all the um, proctoring and keeping the questions going. So good on all of them. And and in True House Stories world, we like to always give our support to all our brothers and sisters out there that are trying to keep this alive and keep it well. So get DJ Disciples' book. Or if you hadn't seen it, go to truehousestories.com and look at the last DJ Disciple interview. And he talks about his life story as well. After a long conversation with my assistant, Shannon, and she's probably watching. She's not. She's probably going to start screaming that I mentioned her name. She said, Lenny, you need to be on TikTok. Now, that's not how she speaks, but I wanted to give you an English accent. I was on TikTok. I was banned <laughs> about a year ago. So after her constantly squeezing and screwing me in my brain saying, yeah, we got to do it. We got to do it. We finally got on back on TikTok. True House Stories is on TikTok. All of you that come on the show, please follow us. True House Stories. We need to get that up because we want to go live on there as well. And I need to get back my thousands of followers. Do you know how that felt when they canceled my account? And didn't tell me why? I think it was because I was using my music and it was copyright. Um, you know, when they when they go against you and constantly shut you down. But I was using my own music. I couldn't even fight with TikTok. They just shut it down. We were like, all right, so a year later, TikTok, true house stories. The big news, we're back on live, okay? So, welcome to True House Stories. I am Lenny Fontana coming out of New York City. One of the homes of dance music. As we all know, Chicago, New York, London, UK, Italy, all of Europe. But this week, this week, and through this, we're going to take our cameras and we're going to showcase a place that became known for black coffee and afro house but we went to some of the younger guys we wanted to bring some of the younger talent up to speak and tell their story and how important their story is because as we say they hold the torch with a huge fire to carry it on this torch started with these two brothers austin and carl check this out Dad is a mobile DJ, but that's not his occupation. He did that at a time, and they did parties in their house, and you know they were exposed to the vinyl generation. But it really was more of a neighbor with a computer that the brothers got to see what production was all about. And they wired up like in Back to the Future with their toaster ovens, and all their stuff to put together a computer to try to make it work. And they did it 
you know, like we all do. Gazada Gazinta, put that in, put that out. Try this, try that. You failed, no problem. I think my stuff is great in the beginning. Ah, you hear 10 more projects later, you go, oh, that was not so good. But you, this is what it is. It's trial and error to a point that these two became a household name in Australia. Without further ado, let's bring up the boys themselves. Cinnamon from South Africa. Welcome to hey. <laughs> What's up, Lenny? My brother, thank you for, I know it's, what time is it now? Two, eight o'clock at night, 8.05. I'm glad everybody's on out yeah. there in South Africa. Yep, 8.05 in the evening. Um, just want to let you all know, and I'll, I'll let Kyle tell you, we were supposed to have his brother as well. Unfortunately, due to his in-laws, there was a was some the grandfather passed away. He asked to not come on, and I totally understand. He wants to be a support for his fiance, which wanted to congratulate him anyway because he will be getting married. And they were actually recently in a visa partying at the bachelor party. Yeah. But definitely speaking. <laughs> well, hey guys, uh, I'm Austin. I'm I'm one half of Cinnamon uh, holding down. The fort for myself and Carl tonight. Um, yeah, Carl's got some some pretty hectic, um, some pretty heavy news today that he had to deal with, and yeah, he's just giving all the love and support that he can give to his fiance's family. So I'll be uh, answering all the questions and guiding you through our true house story. Yeah, and it truly is. So we won't. Take any more time of me talking and buying time with the sponsors, but we're going to go right to the first questions I always ask everyone, and no one paints a picture better than you guys would about your life story. And it really is a cool story because both of you started really young. So we want to hear about how this all begins before you even get into the musical part of it, production and, and DJing, but where does the the beginnings of you finding the music or the music finding you? So um, with Carl being almost eight years older than me, I'm going to start with him. And basically with the influence of my dad and the family as a whole, just being such a musical family and my dad mobile DJing and DJing at very informal house parties growing up and a, a bar or two here and there. Um, Carl immediately took a liking to this. And especially now, I was probably still crawling when Carl was already like playing music for my parents at their little parties at home. And it was in the seventh grade where they needed a DJ for the disco for the school. And Carl said to my dad, dad, please, like, just let me, let me do this. Let me be the guy to do this. So my dad, Bought him a set of speakers. Um, I think back then, I don't even think they had a laptop. I think they hauled the entire PC and screen and everything there um, with an amplifier and hooked it all up. And yeah, he played for the, the grade sevens uh, at the school disco. And then that went on to everybody. Hey, but you know, it's my daughter's 13th birthday. She wants a disco at home. Oh, can can Carl play? Can Carl, Carl play? And that happened every single weekend. And 
yeah, about seven years later, I, I was there. Before that, actually nagging, please, I really want to do this too. I love music. I just, this is what I want to do. Uh, my parents were like, no, you have to wait. You know, when, you, when you're in grade seven, you're allowed. And 2009 hit, and I followed in the exact same footsteps. Carl had paved quite a bit of the way already. So by the time I got to around the 10th grade, I started hitting bigger parties and uh, sneaking into clubs <laughs> here and there that I wasn't allowed to get into, but because I was a DJ, I was allowed to get into. Um, and yeah, that's sort of just uh, the route that we took. And the more we played every single weekend for people's birthday parties and uh, occasions and house parties, the more well-known we became and the more clubs and bigger festivals we started playing at. Um, Did you obviously, uh, you said we'll get into the music production side of things later. Before we even get into that part, did your parents, your mom and dad sway you guys to not go that direction? They wanted you to go into a banking or legal or lawyer? Or yeah, definitely. My, my, my dad was always very cool with it. I mean, he loved it and he kind of, I wouldn't say lived through us, but he supported it because he, he understood the passion. Um, but I think any parent would be concerned if, you know, you know that your, your child's income is going to be based on them being in a nightclub every day, every weekend, you know? So yeah, they did push us in other directions. Carl was, Carl went into law. Uh, we were studying a, a, a BCom LLB. And after about three years, three and a half years, he just said, I can't do this anymore. I'm dropping. I'm going to go straight, straight music. Um, me, I, I went into IT, BSc Computer Science. I did it for a year, hated it. I moved over to a BCom in Business Management and I finished that. So I graduated from that, so I got a degree, but I haven't used it. Um, and I must say, you know, it's it's still there was still many years after that where my parents would say things like, "Don't you want to get a day job? Don't you want to maybe, you know, you can you can work on the weekends, you can still DJ on the weekends, but just get something a little bit more stable, you know, stable income Monday to Friday." And <coughs> excuse me, I said no. And Carl also had already he'd he'd long gone the part of my parents telling him to get a job. They were they maybe had some faith in me. They thought maybe the the, the last born was gonna was gonna give in, but I, I didn't either. Hoping, hoping that you would listen, hoping that you would a glimmer in their eye say, "Oh, he's smarter. He's gonna get that job." You fought them tooth and nail, didn't you? Every single weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Did, but you know what? As much as I'm hearing them not be happy about the decision, I still hear family support. They still support 100%. you guys. 100%. See, that so, makes a difference. People don't understand that. You know, that's yeah. a you, you know, it's one thing when they're not happy with the decision, but it's another when you don't have any support. You know, no. So it's not like it's not like they said, 
um, if you don't stop DJing right now, we're going to cut your funds or, or cut your studies or cut you off or ground you. It was like, just, just try consider this, try consider a job, try consider doing both. And yeah, you know, it, 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 I think that, I think my parents only stopped fighting me on it like a year ago. It's, 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 it's but, but like you said, there has been the support, like, Mom and dad have been to so many gigs. They've both watched us perform at Ultra, I think twice now. Like my parents in their 50s came to Ultra Music Festival, watched us perform. Be careful um, about that with their age. It's not old. No, it's not old. It's not old. But I mean, <laughs> most of our friends, most of my friends are in that same age group. And DJ. My, my, <laughs> say, my parents, my friends parents wouldn't come but my parents came. We're joke. it's a joke it's an inside no, joke yeah sorry that and was, that was your parents there. i'm sorry <laughs> no no it's also your parents too you know it's like because we always look at our parents as well they're not really into this no no <laughs> they're not gonna really be but something changed in the last few generations you know and and when i went to play in the uk a few months back, you could see the age group from 19 to 70. It's crazy. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's like I'm not used to seeing that broad range of people. So I can understand. That's why I had to stop you, make a joke out of it. Mom and dad are out to pasture. They ain't coming to this thing. What, are you kidding me? <laughs> but in my world, we're still going. We're still, you know, I still, in my mind, think I'm your age. You know, I'm still. I noticed, I noticed that in Europe, um, especially like even in Ibiza. In Ibiza, there were people, majority of people, a good equal amount of people who are were around my parents' age and even older. And in, in Europe, at, at ADE, at all the defected parties and stuff like that. I think it's just in South Africa, because the community is so much smaller, People think, okay, if you go out, you're not you're supposed to get married and settle down by the time you're 30. You know, it's still it's a small, small community. It's 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 just I think people are still learning that it's okay to carry on partying and and going to raves. Sure. No matter how well also I want to make everybody clear, you know, he's he's of many generations of South African breed, but I asked him off camera what his ethnicity ethnicity was and he said well it's more like 80 percent indian from india so knowing people that i know here culture respect family are a big part of being in that that world of being in the indian culture so i can understand when you said support care them being your biggest fans and also the ones that beat you down too. They're with you and they're like, but we want you to be a rocket scientist or a doctor because you know, they like every parent, they want to see the best for their kid, you know? So, you know, it's a tough, tough thing, you know, even though when you're playing ultra yes. and you're doing this and, you know, and you feel the gratification of, the hard work that you both put into this and worked <laughs> at it. So tell us the story now of where you meet the neighbors 
who are doing some sort of music because I know you mentioned to me he's no longer doing music anymore. But there's always yeah. a beginning. Give us that beginning part for you both. So, I mean, this is a really long time ago. This is around 2008 where uh, Kyle is about 19 years old. Uh, I'm around 11, 12. And he's this guy's a DJ. His name's Sean. Um, he is a part of a duo as well. And they are producing music. At the, the, the genre is called Fidget at the time. I don't know if you remember Fidget House. I was, I was obsessed with it and it was big guy, out there it wasn't really big on this side but edm was making it's bigger but yes i remember fidget yeah and uh and it was very big in the uk as well and that's where a lot of the inspiration came from and this guy was still giving us a demo version of the software so you couldn't actually save your projects and that's i saw carl and him messing around on it and i was like wow, I love this. I love this. This is right up my alley. This is like, think about it. And um, so, yeah, he gave us the software and we started playing around with it. Carl still looked at me as a little boy back then. So he didn't, he thought I was maybe just this annoying little brother trying to play with his toys sort of thing. And I think only after a few years, you realize, okay, this <laughs> Austin's taking this really seriously because I started releasing music under the name Austin Kassim. Um, I, I had some pretty, pretty cool tracks out there on some UK labels. Um, and I was like only like 15, 16. <coughs> and then Can only... I interrupt? Can I interrupt? Question. Yeah, sure. Who's signing the contracts because you're under 18? There weren't contracts. Oh my word! It was just, just sending my music out there, and I, I didn't care about money. I didn't care about anything. I just wanted it to be on the platform. You just said so, to them, "You just said, here, <laughs> take it." That was it. There was there was a site called I don't know if you remember. It was called Big Tunes MP3, and it was like a miniature version of Beatport, and you could sell your music on there. And, um, wow, I had, I had a couple hundred pounds still in that account. And because I was underage and I didn't even have a credit card or anything, I, I didn't know how to withdraw it. And eventually that company went bankrupt and I, I didn't even get to see my money, but I didn't care. All I cared about was, was being on there. And all I cared about was being on Beatport. I, I remember first time ever getting having a song on Beatport was like, whoa, I definitely didn't sign any contracts or anything. I just gave, here's, 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 here's the master. Um, just put my name on there. That's all I care about. <coughs> so who was that late? Who was the first official label that got you onto Beatport? Um, there's a label called Flexual Records. Where were they out of? Um, I don't know if they still exist. Uh, South Africa, yeah, a guy named Mark Stent. He mm -hmm. was, uh, he, he's still, he's still around. He doesn't really DJ anymore. He's like retired now, but you know, he was kind of in charge of the scene back then, and he'd seen my stuff on that other site that I'd been selling music, and I'd, I'd, I'd got into a few charts, and then he said, um, "I've got this track, this EP. Do you want to, do you want to try remix it?" 
And I was like, bro, it'll be done tomorrow. When you wake up in the morning, it'll be in your, in your account. And I did that. And then, yeah, I definitely didn't do any paperwork. Though. I don't remember anything like that. No, um, you remember. You're pretty uh, smart. You remember that stuff. If you got to, I would have remembered that stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just, just like that. I, can't I was believe, on. I can't believe. I can believe. I shouldn't say that. I can't believe that there would be nothing signed, especially the way things are now with takedowns. Those yeah. records are all yours. If you could, if somebody had them up right now, you could just pull them all down. You could say, "What are you doing?" There'd be nothing for them to go on. There'd be no back. You know, there's nothing holding binding that they have any ownership control, copyright control. Wow, that's crazy. That's amazing. Actually, I gave you a lot of credit. Uh, amazing. Amazing. Give you a lot of credit. Thank you. Thank you. Nobody, wait, did you did you mention it to mom and dad at all? Or you kept this quiet? I don't think they really understood it. So I mean, I'm like 15, 16 years old, and I'm saying, hey guys, I've I'm on a record label and I'm I've, I've got my track on, on Beatport, you know? They're like, what's Beatport? Right. Um, Let's start with that. What's Beatport? What is that? Right. Yeah. I, I, don't, think they, I don't think they realized what it, what, what it was. Uh, and even after we started Cinnamon, we've got... I, I won't mention the names of the labels because they are pretty big labels. So I'd rather not. But we've got like three big releases out where we didn't sign anything either. And this happened around, I must have been about 18, 19. Uh, I mean, Kyle was like in his mid-20s where you're, you're in South Africa. I mean, we're the small country, super far away from everything else. We have these goo-goo eyes for, for the States and for the UK and for Europe. And we're just trying to get our foot in any way possible. So yeah. when an offer came along, we didn't even... What I don't what paperwork I don't have the song just put my name up there put my name up there, um, so yeah like I mean one of the, our first track that ever went into like the charts like the Beatport Top 100, um I didn't we didn't see a cent, um, I that I don't I don't regret it though, like it is what it is it happened, but there were a lot of mistakes in the beginning, oh yeah. Happened out of, your excitement you know wow it's like when you it's like discovering fire with no control no control is it's like Just, oh, ooh, 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 ooh. you know like take it take all our stuff go ahead yeah. make us famous we want to be famous yeah. we want to be known we want to get out of africa we want to do this and i get it you want to break out of yeah. the microcosm that you're living you want to say hey we got out we did it I understand completely. Of course. Yeah, you you know you know what? It's it's not like you had in South Africa a huge record business that dealt with house, that particular house sound to go to all those labels and say, right, that are breaking through and doing it in a very big way. So getting anything outside is a bonus. And no matter what you do, you say, All right, we'll just learn as we go, basically. We had we had um Soul Candy, which was like the biggest record label in South Africa at the time. But uh 
the music was it was very very good house music very very like prestigious house music but very very deep very very deep so mm. there was there was nothing in south africa that had anything to do with tech house or fidget or or anything that was up our alley nothing even right. now there's still like it's it's still not a big sound yet like you you won't hear tech house <laughs> if we're not playing it i don't know who is right you're like you one know, of the few right you're like one of the few guys that play it okay. yeah look you, you've got your you've got your resident djs who play like those commercial tech house bootlegs um you know the, the fisher the big songs stuff like that but when it comes to like the the, the real the real underground tech house stuff um that's not so commercialized a lot less vocals there's not many places for it if anything techno is more popular yeah than like tech house ah okay right that makes total sense and of course i know you have pockets of afro house still making its way with like with you have those festivals of here and there special big events but i see people like vinny da vinci dj fresh playing um and you get internationals coming in for that for those particular types but that's not the regular weekend events anymore am i correct in south no, africa no 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 yeah so afro afro is huge afro house is, is is massive but with the with the state of house music itself because afro at the end of the day is still house music it's still not number one like i'm a piano is like here and afro is probably like here and then like house music here tech house music here it's it's a big big gap in terms of your everyday club that you'll go to your everyday festival that you'll go to it's majority going to be i'm a piano um before you even reach afro wow meanwhile black coffee is selling out in ibiza with his gigs 100 percent. he's selling out um he's selling out afro melodic beautiful house music over there and it is catching with the younger generation i must say though every sunday uh my brother and i have this event that we play at it's it's strictly afro and melodic mm -hmm. and the the much young i'm talking 18 19 year olds they love it um but also i mean at that age they're very susceptible to anything you play to them with a little bit of energy you know i could i'd play them a full afro set but i can also come on with a a 128 BPM tech house sets and they'll go crazy. Um, they're just a very, just at a very susceptible age, I guess. Right. And that's who you really want is those, is that age group to follow you because they're the ones that are going to stay loyal. Those are the ones that are come to your club nights. Those are the ones that are going to go to your festivals. They're going to go city to city with you. And that's, you know, we always try to push for the youth. Yeah, that's the energy. They they've got the energy, and they also have their pulse on the new on the new sound. But when you mention yeah. you mentioned the other style, um, a piano. What was it called? A piano. I'm, I'm sorry. A piano. Can you describe? I'm a piano. To, I just, I, I'm a piano. Can you describe to people around the world what exactly this sound is that's taking so, Africa by storm? 
it's it's sort of like a, a breakbeat sound uh, that almost any given song has a log drum in it. So like a, a dong sound. Dum, 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 dum. Dum, 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 dum. And it's uh, like a 112 BPM, slow tempo, very groovy, very edgy, really kind of gets you this, you know, uh, the beats are on in thirds a lot. So it's like, dum, dum, dum. you know, it's, it's a really interesting sound. It's, it's, it's really big. Uh, even in the UK, uh, it's massive. Um, it's the fact that it has a, a, its own genre on Beatport now just shows how big it is. Mm. Um, it's, yeah, it's really, it's taken the world by storm and obviously originated here in South Africa and it's take, it took South Africa by storm first. So th that's the majority of sounds you're going to hear. And the thing is, it is a much more relaxed sound. I think it's something that people can really do anywhere. You know, you can sit at your table with your bottle and you can listen to I'm a piano and you just chill and you just groove. And you've got the more aggressive sounding ones where that actually get, get you up and dancing. But um, it's a viral sound and it's definitely not a fad because it's been around now for a few years and it's it's only getting stronger, in my opinion. Okay. And, you, and you're going to hear more commercial records, pop records with the, with the influence of this, like a Rihanna. That's all you need, Rihanna or Beyonce. I, I bet you, let it be heard on this podcast first that Rihanna or Beyonce or one of those one of those ladies are going to drop the I'm a Piano song. I'm oh, I know it's coming. It, it, it's 100%. Because I saw something on, I think it was CNN not too long ago. They were showing some of the new acts coming from that sound out there. Yeah. And how they have millions of followers already. It's without even a record label involved, just in an underground level. Yeah, uh, Uncle Waffles is a, a female DJ from South Africa, and she headlined Coachella this year with Ama Piano. There you go. There yeah. you go. I mean, the case story. So now that we know that you did your little bootlegging as a kid. Because that's what we call it. Because there's no contracts or anything. When do you and your brother get official and start really putting this cinnamon group together? But when does that when does that begin for you two? You're no longer like the pesky kid. Get out of here, kid. Come on now. Yeah. Now we have you as the production partner, DJ partner, and we're gonna really take this on the road. When does that all begin? Tell us that story. So that's that, that's 2015. Um, I'm I'm nagging Carl. I'm like, dude, listen to this beat I made. Listen to this track I made. Let's work on something together. Get come on, come on. Get out. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Stop bothering Eventually, me. <laughs> I pay him this idea, and he pauses. This is now we're still living with our parents. His bedroom's across from mine, and he hears it from his bedroom. And I'll never forget how he looked over and he was like, that's something. And he came in and we sat and we made this track and we uploaded it to SoundCloud and it took off. It's still one of our highest played tracks actually on that platform. But then um, shortly after that, we signed a deal with a local record label named Chutney Records and we released Cinnamon Officially. Where is it? There we go. <laughs> Cinnamon Officially um, with our first track named Who. And that was also in 2015. 
and it just it just took off and people really loved the idea of these brothers performing together and making music together especially with our very very similar taste in music but also very diverse taste in music because if you look at me and Carl we are so similar but we like this Venn diagram and like in the middle it's like the sweet spot but then Carl has his thing and I have my thing you bring it together and that's what cinnamon is you know it's a it's a very unique sound and that's why when people ask what genre are we I feel like we don't have a genre you know we are our own genre um it's it's just weird it's just it's just weird what comes well, together those that know that when you set records up and you're promoting a record it always asks you to tick the boxes future house disco house funky house this house my house your mother's house your father's mother's <laughs> house when you sit there and you tick those boxes what do you think you belong in your sound so originally it would have been deep house it was uh about 1 120 bpm 121 you know driving bass lines um, but as 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 our, as we grew and as our audience grew so did the music so did the tempo so it went up and it started becoming a little bit more bassier to where i think the sweet spot now is we you could say tech house you could say it's tech house it's it's the fundamental drums bass is tech house okay so who are the heroes for you guys in the tech house world that you look up to? Off the, off the tip of my tongue right now, Martin Eichen. Um, I followed him for so many years. I absolutely adore him. Uh, he set to Tomorrowland last year. It was so inspirational. Um, another one for me would be Biscuits. Uh, I actually met him when he came to play in SAA and he was still just starting out and to see his consistency in releases and production quality has just taken him to yeah, such a level that whenever he drops a track, I play it. And then, um, I mean, sometimes his tracks will take out, sometimes a bit more melodic, but vintage culture, uh, he's also just so inspirational that every time he drops a track, it's immediately added to, immediately added to the playlist. Mm. Um, I'll sit in the studio and analyze it it's yeah I, I mean the list could go on but there's just there's so many guys out there that are just doing such amazing things and are just inspiring me and me and carl each and every day but of you know, the top of my tongue martin i can uh, i absolutely adore that man some people ask others and i've gotten these questions from past interviews you know in the production standpoint what door are you using What's your, your program? Let's see if you can guess. I already know it, but I'll let you tell them. It's got an <laughs> FL, it's got FL Studio. Oh, you said yeah. I was going to tell me Logic. Oh, wow. No, FL no, Studio. Wow. Actually, actually, this is this is our studio right here. I'm sitting in. Yeah, nothing nothing too fancy. i uh, got a complete control going on. Um, yeah, FL Studio. i got the... Oh, there we go. Do a little, little Kai fire here. Um, yeah, that's that. That's the FL Studio Eight. 
was the demo that we were given uh, back in like what, 2008, 2009. I'll never forget. You couldn't even save your project. Um, and that's sort of, uh, you know, so many people were like, no, you should transition to Logic. You should transition to Ableton. But as I grew older, they updated FL Studio so consistently that I don't think it's, it's necessary. I think it's up there with the big dogs. You know, I think it's, it's a brilliant door and I think you can accomplish everything on FL Studio that you can accomplish on Ableton or Logic. You know, I always say this, um, it's whatever you used to, you know, there's not one better. Every one of them has their own parts that make them a good sequence, a good door. I just say sequence, a good door. Um, it's a matter of what you feel comfortable moving around in, like how you drive a car. It's like a particular way you like to drive a certain yeah. type of car. It's it's going to do the same thing. It's going to get you to look different, but they all do the same. They get you to where you need to be. And FL Studio, I've heard others are very happy with it. I'm glad it's working out for you guys. Who does, who between you and your brother, do you guys have any musical training as far as, you know, like a piano or a guitar or anything like that? It's 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 all YouTube, baby. <laughs> all self-taught YouTube. YouTube. Um, I literally just sit sit here in the studio uh, with my keyboard out, and I'll just I'll just play whatever sounds right, you know. Um, and I guess doing this for years has led me to a point where uh, I guess if you put me in front of an audience with a keyboard, I could play you something. Um, but that's as far as it goes. What do you mean yeah. play you something? <laughs> you say, I'd probably just sit there and just play you something super random and it would sound it would sound right. It would be it would have a good melody to it, but you you probably wouldn't recognize it. Or I could maybe just play you like one of my tracks, but I, I've never sat and rehearsed trying to play somebody else's song, you know. Um, maybe, maybe years ago, maybe like 10 years ago, I used to sit and try play all the big EDM bangers, you know, I used to try like copy like the Swedish house mafias and, and learn to play their, their riffs on the keyboard. And then I realized like, what's the point of doing that? It's not like I'm going to go and try to perform their songs live. Let me focus on my own. I'm writing new stuff, original content. So right. yeah, no, 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 no actual music history. Yeah. So, I'm going to play silliness now. If someone okay. sends you over a vocal, how do you know what key to put it in? Like, or knowing where, where the vocal sits with the music? You know what I'm saying? I mean, is it because you have a good pitching now, or is it just you just guess? Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, I, I lost you for a little bit there, but I okay. think you're asking if somebody sent you. Yeah. Sends you over a vocal, an acapella. Okay. How do you know? Because musical theory, you have to learn of somewhat or understand it. You're just going all by ear. You're just trying to find the notes on the keyboard. All by ear. Yeah. yeah. I'll, 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 so I'll, I'll listen to the key. I'll, I'll listen to the vocal. And, you know, like I know my musical theory decently well. Like I can sit there and just play and, I'll just play whatever sounds right. And often though, I, you know, I'm never, 
too confident. I don't think overconfidence is a good thing. So I would say to the vocalist, I'd be like, listen, I'm just double checking. This, like, what is this D sharp minor? Like, what what is this? Uh, what is this in? They're like, no, yeah, that, that's right. I'm like, okay, cool, sweet. Then we can carry on. I haven't just written this whole thing for no reason. Oh, but, cool. Um, yeah, there is some music theory. Like, I've taken the time to learn it. I've I've taken the time to understand keys and understand music, um, especially with doing this for like you know 14 years now. Um, it's it's all just sort of comes naturally, you know. The, the ear gets trained by itself. That's what yeah. I was asking. Is it mostly more ear, like you can hear? Definitely it. the ear. Yeah, definitely the ear. Because you're not yeah. going right, theory theory. You're not sitting down writing the notes out. You're listening and maybe yeah. formulating even the with words. Even with mixing and mastering, like people often ask me, like, yeah, what, what do you do for this master? What do you do for this mix? And I, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I don't I don't I don't list don't read the frequencies. I don't pinpoint everything to detail. It's it's all in the ear for me. You know, I I just tweak everything according to what I think sounds good. And sometimes it works out amazing. Sometimes it needs to be reviewed by somebody else. Like Sometimes there's been big record labels that are are happy to to master things rather, but um, I mean this year we did two big releases on two like really big record labels and the master and mix was done by me and they were perfectly happy with it. Oh, okay. Um, well, then you win. I can't even tell you my method because it's just purely by ear. I just sit and. So so how do you know what to do? You just do you have. Did somebody show you some stuff? I mean, I know back when you started, but did you get some like pointers and then you just went from there or watching just YouTube? What was the, the YouTube? Yeah, YouTube, YouTube all the way. Um, so many videos on YouTube. Um, but it all boiled down to eventually training your ear. And that's why I think anybody can learn to produce and you can, you can become a really great producer in like two years. If you put your mind to it, you do it like every day you can be you can be great but i think training your ear to know what sounds good frequency wise mix wise master wise that's what takes really long and that doesn't come overnight and i think just from for doing this for 14 years every single almost every day every week i've trained my ear to a point now where i can you don't need a fancy plugin. You don't need fancy, um, expensive plugins. The basic ones will do it if you just listen carefully, or if you just sort of understand how a song should sound. And the person that taught me that is a guy who used to work for Universal Records. Ah, I always just hey. my music. Always somebody. Always yeah, always somebody. And I, I shouldn't say that because we are affiliated with Sony. So shout out to Sony. But um, this was before we even signed with Sony. Um, I used to always send my music to this guy. And he, he once, he sent me it back. And he said, what are you doing, man? And he, he was actually quite mean. He was a very, he's a very mean guy. He still is. He's very straight up. And he'll, he'll, he'll tune you, you know. And he said, he said, instead of sending me all this music, why don't you take a song that you like and play it next to your song and listen to the difference. Analyze what's in that track and what's missing from your track. 
And then you can understand why I keep saying no. Great advice. And when I did that. Fantastic advice. Great advice. Mine opened the whole world, yeah. And I realized, oh, my word. I'm, like, living in my own world, yeah. Now I actually see the difference. And then I think that's how you start training your ear. Um, listening to a lot of other music. You know, you've got to be you got to be really open to listening to a lot of other music and not just house music. you got to be listening, open to listening to any genre because understanding the foundations of, of mixing is understanding the foundations of music itself. You know, if you can understand drums, bass, leads, um, and, and all the, the separate parts that make up a song, you'll, you'll start understanding what goes where and, and what doesn't get along with what in order to make it a lot cleaner. I don't know if I'm making sense. I'm, I'm getting too technically. I'm sorry. No, I totally understand what you're saying. So I, I, I was just going to ask this other question was, when he gave you that advice, the gentleman, the A&R from Sony, what record was it that you changed everything right then and there? Sure, this is a really long time ago. Um, so or, this or, must have been around 2012. What were you working on at that time? Because there's always a record you say, um, oh God, I found, I found, I, I see the light. I see it. I hear it. You know, it's like, or a producer, like you, you were a being to another producer's record. What record was that you were listening to that changed your world? So, the the guy that i must give big shout out to and i've met him and he knows this and he's actually played he was he was the first dj to play one of our tracks at tomorrowland um is edx ah i know edx and, he's been on this show too i know him forever oh sick. Oh, amazing uh Mauricio, I, 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 Mauricio I love Volante. very good guy yeah i was with him i was with him a few months ago again and it's nice to know that he remembers me uh and carl very well and when I started listening to his music and analyzing his music and his mixes, it changed our whole sound. And that is when, that is when all these new tracks just started coming out from us that had a new sound to them. Not all of them were hits, you know, it was a learning. It was, it was like almost back to the drawing board. Um, it was like scrap all the stuff you're doing, start from the bottom and, you could just see a big change in production. Like the technicality, technical stuff was still there. I knew, I, I knew what I was doing. I knew how to program a song, you know, in the door, but I wasn't listening for the right stuff. And once I started listening to his music, <coughs> it, it just changed, it changed the game big time. I see. I, um, he, he inspired, he helped change it. He helped give you the direction you needed to tweak up your stuff, to take it to where we now know you as an international brand now. So that changes everything and you guys keep producing. What's the standout track then for you guys that Sony saw in you in that, that really changes your world? So in about, about it's about 2017 now, I actually know the date. It's May 2017. I'm sitting with a uh, EDX track. 
and I'm listening to it and I'm loving it and it inspires me. I start writing something and <coughs> I call Carl over. I'm like, dude, check this out. What do you think? Guys? He's like, I absolutely love it. We, kept, we keep on drilling this track. Um, we finish it up and it's just an instrumental right now and we're playing it playing it out, throwing all sorts of different acapellas over it in our sets just to use it for something. And Kyle goes to Cape Town and he meets this vocalist named Amy Jones. And he calls me. He's like, dude, I met this chick. She can sing so beautifully. We need her. So she flies to Joburg and we go to Sony. Now, we haven't officially signed the contract yet i don't remember i don't think oh no sorry wait we have yes sony's been listening to our bootlegs and stuff on soundcloud and all of that and they they're loving it they're seeing us as coming up nicely but now they want something real from us so we're like okay a lot of pressure get into studio with amy jones and i've got my keyboard there and i'm writing and i'm playing and she's singing and it's just ugh, nothing's working so we decide to give her this track that we wrote almost a year ago. And we like, use this as a reference to write over. Once you've written something, give us the acapella and then we'll write something new. She's like, cool. She goes back to Cape Town. She sits down with a couple songwriters. They write something. They send it back to us. And it sounded so good that we were like, we don't need to write anything new. This track has actually been so strong this whole time. It just needed a good vocal that, that suited it. Sony heard the match together and they were like, done. And that track went went off, went on to, to really kick start. You know, Cinnamon had been playing like here and there in South Africa, um, a festival year, party there, maybe every now and then out of the province. But once this track came out, it went to every radio station. It went into the top tens. The Shazams were, were by the thousands. And that really kicked off Cinnamon wow. to another level. To a level where it's probably still our like, third most streamed song on a weekly basis. There you go. All right. Yeah. Congratulations. See, everybody has that moment, that stellar moment where they find it. And that was your ceremony. You, you never forget the dates, like having a kid. May 2017. And your yeah. life is never the same again. Never the same either. No, never, never. It's uh, it, it's still the most crazy thing, being on that stage and playing a song and watching everybody sing the song word for word. And you're like, that's my song. It's, it's kind of it's, humbling, it's, right? It's really humbling. Yeah, it's, it's a mind. It's a... It almost time stops and you're like in the moment, you're like, whoa, where am I right now? Yeah. Right. And then 2017, so you're touring, 2018, you're touring, and then 2019 comes, you're still touring, and then all of a sudden. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> the steam comes out, everything stops. A new word is taught to us called pandemic. What happened to you guys? So 
I must say, 20, December 2019 to March, obviously beginning of March 2020, Cinnamon was peaking. We were so busy playing at so many different festivals all around the country and outside of the country. It was wildness. I was having the time of my life. I was, I've, I've never been happier. Of course. And of course. Everything's going right. Everything. And I'll never forget, we just released a, a track called Hello Baby. It came out at the end of 2019. And the tour had just been planned. And one of the first stops was in Durban, KwaZulu Natal, um, along the coast. And one of the club owner phones, phones Kyle that night. I'll never forget. And he was like, I think I want to cancel. And Kyle was like, why? <laughs> I, think this, I think this COVID thing is quite serious. Kyle like turns to me, puts on speaker, and he's like, you want to cancel? I'm like, nah, dude, nah. This is not happening. And while we while this is happening, we're standing at another gig that is quiet. And the promoters are going, This is the first time this it's monument it was it was um St. Patrick's Day. <coughs> and they're saying St. Patrick's Day street party in Johannesburg has never been quiet before. This is the first year it's quiet. So this party's quiet. We got a guy on the phone trying to cancel the tour. And I'm saying to Carl, nah, you're crazy. It's not that, it's, no, this is business as usual. This can this is gonna pass. This uh, this shop we're not cancelling. Tell them to relax. We're gonna go ahead. No one else wants to cancel, it's only him. Tell him he's he's the only one who's who's, who's trying to do that. Yeah. And then, then a week later, poof, yeah, literally like one week later, everything gets cancelled, everything gets put on hold. We get locked in our houses. Um, I I first, I went through a few different phases, Carl and I. Different phases, though. Uh, the first, first one is productivity and fitness. So we are, um, we're very productive. We're trying to stay in shape. We're eating well because you, you can't take, you can't get takeout, you can't get fast food. We're eating mom's food every day. Um, we're in the studio every day. I mean, we've got we've still got a lot of music from COVID that we didn't even release, and <coughs> we're we, we're just pushing out music, and we're like we're just waiting. You know, things are going to open up soon, and then they don't open, and then the depression sets in, and we go into this alcohol. I don't even know what to call it. Alcohol is banned in South Africa, by the way, during the during the lockdown. It's completely oh, banned. really? Oh, you guys had yeah. no access to alcohol at all? Not at all. And so, you know, we had we had some we had some we had some places where you could get it from. Uh, my dad had a couple bottles at the house still. And now we're going to our next phase. It's like a depression, you know. And we're just drinking. And we're doing whatever we can do to stay sane. And uh, other people's industries are slowly opening up. People are starting to go back to work online, of course, online. Mm -hmm. But uh, here we are just sitting, sitting flat at home. So uh, times are bad. Times are bad, really sad. And then June comes along. And my dad says, you know, you're still really good at computers. 
got your BCom degree. One of my friends needs help with one of his IT systems at his company. Can you go work for him? I've never had a day job in my life, but I needed it. Kyle, being eight years older, he'd saved up quite a lot of money. So he was kind of okay. You know, he was able to get by. I was in the trenches. I like I don't know what to do with myself. I couldn't afford I couldn't afford to, you know, buy a sandwich. It was and as full one one hundred percent relying on my parents again. And I, I did not want to do that. Mm. So I took this job. I got myself a tiny little apartment uh, nearby. And this was in a student town where there was a lot of secret underground parties happening. Oh, um, I got caught up in that. I got caught up in that scene. And it just was a lot of drinking every day. Get up, go to work. As that clock, my rule was I had to drink eight glasses of water while I was at work. Um, and I had to go to gym after work. And then I could party every day if I wanted to. And that's what I did. I just partied every single day. <laughs> um, and then, and then some lights started shining at the end of the tunnel. Um, gigs started coming in. I told, I told my dad's friend, um, listen, I think I've done what you needed me to do. Uh, I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste your money. Said bye to him. And then I started DJing again. But then it would be a month of a few shows. And I'm also charging like next to nothing because they only allowed like 50 people. Right. And then lockdown again. What was it called again? Um, wave the next wave would happen lockdown again i'm like oh i should have never quit i should have never left this job depressed again and now by this time <coughs> i'd struck a deal with this new hotel where they gave me a room to live in half at, at half the price if i mm-hmm. dj'd at them once a week so now this is humbling i'm going right back down to the bottom starting over starting over i'm playing there for for nothing and it got to such a point where I, it, it wasn't sustainable. I had to then eventually pack up for the third time and move back in with my parents again. Um, yeah, back in with my parents again. And then now uh, this is March 2021. And yeah, things are still bad. It's opening, closing, opening, closing. And then I got a opportunity to DJ at a gym. Oh. And uh, they knew exactly who I was. So they offered me quite a lot of money. And that lasted about two, three months. But I took that and said, bye, mom and dad. Moving out again. Packed up again. And I got the place that I'm living in now, which is my dream home with my girlfriend. And I didn't look back after that. Good I left you. the gym, obviously. Good for and, you. And things just started taking off. During all of this time, Kyle had moved to Cape Town. And he was just trying to get by there, doing almost the same thing as me, just gigging where he could, living off savings. Um, but he realized also it came to a point, also around around March 2021, we realized, I, I can't carry on like this. Like, this isn't... This isn't going to work out. So he moved back home. We put our heads down. And we started working. There weren't any parties to play at. So we started throwing a lot of parties. Small, intimate parties. 100 people were all we were allowed. And then 
yeah, I carried on like that for about a year. Okay. And then April last year, 2022, our president said, masks off, open. And we just went for it. Poof. And yeah, that, I, I, I don't, it's, 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 a lot for, it's been a while since I've told that story, but that was our COVID journey. It could have been worse. We were blessed. We were favored by, favored from above. You know, um, I think we kept our heads on enough, dangling a little bit, <laughs> but you made yeah, it. You made it. Yeah, we made it. Okay. We so it. you get through it. Thank God you made it. What's the plan now forward? So now we're, we're sitting on a, a lot of music. We've released on some very nice labels. Um, we, 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 we've toured South Africa over and over and over and over again. You know, we've gone through every major province, we've gone outside, we've gone Namibia, um, all over Mozambique, all the way up North Africa. And now it's like, okay, cool. Um, the U S the UK and Europe, we're ready for you. That's the next place we want to be. Um, we've been focusing our releases on labels based, in uh, the so far at the UK and Europe, we released on the same Bristol beginning of the year, and then Hexagon, um, which is out of the Netherlands, Don Diablo's label. Um, just after that, uh, I've got a I've got a track we've got a track coming out on Wildcard now shortly, also based in in, in the Europe in the Europe Euro, European era. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's 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 what we want. Now we want to. We want to start playing in places we haven't played before. We want to show, we want to show the world what two, what two small-time boys, small-time brothers are capable of. And I believe you will. Thank I you. you. I believe you will. And you know what? We can only say, don't stop. Never stop. Never stop believing. Never stop doing it. I understand why your computer skills are top notch because of your IT background that you studied with. It makes total sense when you're making your records, you're able to use some of the techniques that you learned to put into your music, which is super cool. You know, that's half the time. Now today it's all about knowing how to program than necessarily the music side of it. You know what I'm saying? Like the music theory, if you're really good yeah. at working with the programs and, and breaking the code, you got the winning formula. 100%. So, I mean, I, I push one button on my keyboard and it sets, it maps the keys for me. See, uh, see, see, see what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's a different ball game, but as long as you stay up to date with the rules, I think you'll survive. And I believe you guys have staying power, as we say, staying power. You're going to yes, you're gonna you're gonna keep doing it. You're gonna keep going. And as music changes, you see yourself changing as well, or you're gonna still stay true to the sound that you love. Definitely staying true to the sound that we love. Um, an important thing, us going out of SA once a year especially to Europe and listening to what's happening there is important for us also so that we don't get too stuck in our older sound. So this last weekend in Githa was really important because we've taken home a lot of what's to come. Um, you can see that our music, our tech house is very behind in SA. 
that it's things are getting to things are getting a lot faster again which oh, really? is not an a lot of djs are still playing at like 123 124 yeah whereas most guys are playing 128 and above there you know <clears throat> so wow. i'm excited to bring that back yeah um i'm a little scared if i have to be honest getting a taste of that lifestyle was a bit scary i mean I'm on a plane every weekend already and I'm in a hotel room every weekend and seeing that on a scale like Ibiza was very intimidating, but I'm ready for it. And I think that myself and Carl are headstrong enough to stay true to who we are. And if we just keep doing the right music, we'll find ourselves in the right spaces and uh, we we hopefully won't lose control <laughs> well then you heard it from them yourself do not lose control stay focused stay grounded drink your water and i always tell let's finish it. your glass is a lot bigger than mine i should have got one like yours <laughs> here's the thing about also the most important part of this whole experience and i can say this because i've got a lot of time in it remember don't get high on your own supply. And that's the truth. You can't party with everybody all the time and still be grounded and still work as a job when you're constantly involved in the party aspect. You got to stay somewhat centered. Some One of you has to stay focused on the machine because if you lose that, then you lose everything. That's what's made you who you guys are. So don't get high on your own supply. Don't get high on your own supply and enjoy it. Enjoy every part of it. Each part is momentous. Each part is another stepping stone to something greater. Just try to enjoy all of it because that's part of the experience. And you can't be, you can't be, in another word of saying it, you can't be uh, successful without appreciation and enjoyment. Because if you constantly keep going, what's next, what's next, what's next, you don't enjoy it, and then you lose the, the framework as to why you got there, you know? Yeah. So good luck to the, to the production I South African that. DJ team, Cinnamon, of Austin and Kyle. The only question is, why is it two X's? It looks like Acid House. See, that that thing looks like an Acid <laughs> House. No, 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 no. It's just like, it's just like, wow, <laughs> that's what it's supposed to look like. <laughs> because it reminds me of Acid House. <laughs> hey, I've played with it a little bit, but not not yet. <laughs> no, right. Acid House is still a bit too heavy for me. <laughs> well, when I see that when I see that yellow smiley, reminds me of the Acid House movement, the late '80s into the '90s. But you guys are not from that era. You're today. You're doing it. Focus on what you're doing. Keep us. Show us the next moves you're making, and we wish you all the best to you and your brother as, as, as the production team that you guys are. Panging out the hit records one after another. Thank you, Lenny. Really appreciate your time today um, and, and getting to share our story with the world and with all your wonderful listeners and followers. Uh, I wish Carl could have, could have joined us, but hopefully he'll join us in the future sometime, and we can all catch up again together and and pick up from where we last left off. Yes, and you'll have probably more stories to tell us of your world touring. 
You guys would be Definitely. like the Rolling, you guys would be like the new Rolling Stones. You'll be everywhere. On that <laughs> note, everyone, thank you for tuning in to True House Stories. I'm going on tour next week, so there'll be no shows. I'll be at Jackie's party in Spain and Czech Republic playing a big festival. I'll catch you soon in a few weeks when I get back. Cinnamon, thank you very much again for sharing your time with us. And remember, everyone, please follow us on TikTok and Instagram, True House Stories. Good night, everyone. <laughs>